Hey, welcome to another episode. I'm your host, Harvey Harrington. Um, make sure that you guys are liking, subscribing, and sharing these interviews that we do. Very good for a lot of athletes that are coming up, a lot of athletes that are playing right now. Uh, some some of the best professional players on the planet we interview, young and old. Today, I have Sam Perkins. He played with the Michael Jordan at North Carolina University. He was the ACC Rookie of the Year. He played in the NBA for 11 seasons. He played for the Dallas Mavericks, the, the L.A. Lakers, the Seattle Supersonics, and the Indiana Pacers. I want you guys to welcome Sam Perkins. Sam, how you doing? Good, man. How you doing? And I'm good. I'm good. I can't complain. So, man, let's talk about your childhood. How'd you grow up? Well, I grew up in the streets of Brooklyn and uh, Brooklyn, New York, that is. And uh, I thought my little little growing up was uh, was fabulous, you know. Right. um, Looking back on it. parents were struggling you know they were try, trying to make ends meet grandmother right. uh, mom and I had three sisters so I was the only kid only brother only son that was there so pretty much I was into my own thing hitting the streets staying staying out of trouble but at the same time just trying to be a, a boy and duck and dodge the bullets and fights and stuff and right you had to get some fights you had to go through some fights before anything but at any rate at my share and got 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 dented up, and I dent somebody up too. But the thing is, it was just a uh, it was just natural because we didn't know anything else. Right. And growing up in that lifestyle and seeing you know uh, militant brothers and and hardcore people in the streets, right. you just got used to it, and it was a surrounding that you grew up with. And uh, right. so I made it through playing basketball, playing all kinds of sports, organized, you know, in the, in the parks. And we, I lived in the parks every day, just going to right. the, to the, to the basketball court, looking at some legends, Connie Hawkins, uh, Michael Ray Richardson, and then getting involved myself trying to play ball too. So, um, there was different parts of Brooklyn that were crazy Brownsville, um, Brevoid, Fort Greene. Right. I lived in Bed-Stuy, but at the same time, those are different areas that they knew you were from somewhere else because they knew you weren't from those areas. So they would kind of check you before you entered the, real literally check you right. before you kind of came, in, came into their uh, neighborhood. So that was the kind of lifestyle, but you, you grew up knowing that and that, you know, it, it helps you now to appreciate where you are and where you came from and kind of look back and say, you know, that was... That was part of me, and it's always going to be part of me. Right, right. So how'd you get to the game, man? So, <clears throat> long story short, I played in I played in high school. Um, this this uh, this school called Tilden High School. Okay. And uh, I wasn't really. It was in another part of Brooklyn called Flatbush. Okay. And so it was like thirty minutes away, and I had to take the bus, but. I wasn't the greatest student and I wasn't getting there on time. And this brother who saw me going to the, to uh, walking to the uh, school, he saw how tall I was and he was a coach and he was a mentor and everything. And he asked somebody uh, who, who I was because on the way to work, he would be on the way as I was going to school, he was on his way to work. So I came tried out for his his, uh, teams and he became literally to this day, my stepfather and uh, guardian, and he's been through through thick and thin from everything I've done. Right. He's been right there, supportive. And ever since then, he's been, he's been with me. And we got a relationship going to the point where uh, him and I are just like this. And so right. with, with that said, I, that's how I got back on track because I, like I said, I wasn't the greatest student Right. And every time I went to school, I didn't go to class. And so mm-hmm. I had a bad poor attendance rate and things of that nature. So right. I wasn't the best student athlete as possible going to school. So I ent- eventually moved up to Albany, mm-hmm. outside of New York, uh, Brooklyn, okay. 
and went up there and lived with him for two years to finish school. And while I was there, that's when the school started coming. And he was telling me all the rules and regulations I had to do. I had to maintain a B, keep right. my nose clean, and things of that nature. So, and get nobody pregnant at the time. So, <laughs> with that said, yeah, so with, with that said, um, I maintained all those things. And that's when the school started coming through Carolina, Syracuse, Notre Dame, UCLA. And that's how and things went on to after that. <clears throat> Why North Carolina, man? I'm a North Carolina fan, but why North Carolina? Okay, so I'm going to run it back for you and uh, try to tell you as quick as possible. But uh, there were schools at the time. I, I, I didn't know anything about Carolina. And okay. I was in this uh, – I was in the Pan American Games and um, went out there and played in the Pan uh, – representing the East. And uh, there was different – different uh, provinces, east, north, west, and south. Right. And the east, east came in like second, maybe. And But I was eligible to go on further to make the team to go over to uh, overseas. Mm -hmm. And they took about 12 guys. And some guys actually were not wanting to go. They didn't want to play anymore. So they were selected. Yeah. And then I was the next tier of people that, that they asked. Mm -hmm. And when I was there in practice, um, you know, at back then, NCAA colleges and coaches could not talk to any of the guys because I was still in high school. This was my senior right. year. Right. Coach Smith, at the time, I didn't know who he was. He walked, literally, he came in from one door that's the furthest door away from me and mm -hmm. came, walked through, because I guess he was on the NCAA committee at the time, him and a lot of right. other coaches. George Thompson and all these other guys. And he walked through the practice while we were stretching mm. and he nodded his head and to let me know who he was. I still didn't know who he was, but they was like, that's Dean Smith. And that's mm. the first time I ever saw him. So with that said, it came time for me in my senior year to go to different schools. You take like five or six visits. Right. And one of the visits was North Carolina. I had the best visit of all, out of all of them because Syracuse is right up the street, two hours. Right, right. UCLA. I went to UCLA, and that was the furthest school. Then I went to Notre Dame to see the Golden Dome, met Lou Holtz, and at the time it was Digger Phelps. Right. And then Lefty Drizel at Maryland, and 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 that's how everything. And Larry Brown was at UCLA. Okay. And, the story because of North Carolina, I asked Larry Brown at the time, was he going to be here for four years because of the fact that he had a reputation of going somewhere and then just right, leaving. And he said, he told me the truth. He said, nah, I'm not going to be here that much. I'm not going to be here that long because I need, I mean, he was, he was chasing the money. Right. Right. With that said, I made up my mind because it was going to be between North Carolina and UCLA. Right. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, excuse me, Syracuse. Okay. And when when he told me that, my next visit was North Carolina. Right. And my that visit with James Worthy, he was my host. Right. He took me out on the town. I had a good time. Dean Smith told me, asked me about books and stuff, and told me about graduation. And while I'm here getting an education, why don't you right. just play ball? Well, right. that visit was better than all all the visits I had. And Larry Brown had something to do with that because I did not know Larry Brown was a, a Carolina player. Okay. And, I guess, okay. and I guess he knew my next visit was Carolina, so he pushed me to North Carolina. Right. And that's how I got to North Carolina. Right. So what was it like playing with James Worthy and MJ, man? I know I heard James Worthy was a was a big deal back then. I'm a little bit younger, so I don't know much about James Worthy, but I heard he was nice. And then Jordan playing with Jordan, and y'all won. What was that like? Well, man? What was that like? It was cool. I mean, so I told you James Worthy was my host. We became roommates. Okay. And he was my uh, roommate in college, and we lived. We all lived in one dorm, and. Right. Uh, so he was my roommate and we got to know each other and he took me under his wing. And then after, after a while, uh, we, we were just, 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 it was just natural. And then when right. Jordan came in the next year, Jordan was a sweet mate of mine. And, okay. uh, 
he was a little country boy at the time. He's nothing like he you saw in Last Dance. He, right. He nothing like that. You know, he had the two gold chains. Right. He thought, right. That, thought that was ice out. You know, today that would be like, you know, that would be a spark. Well, it, well it's coming back. You know, everything comes back. The kids are wearing a gold chain now. You know what I mean? Good type of But he was a little country guy. And uh, so I was a sophomore and he was going to be a freshman. So we kind of like hung out for a minute. But okay. he had another guy by it. He, his, he hung out with his uh, guy, uh, Buzz Peterson. Okay. I don't know if you know him, but he works with, he, they all work at the Charlotte Hornets at the not right now. But right. Buzz was from Asheville, and Wilmington is not, you know, in proximity. But they became close friends, and so we all had a close knit. But when mm-hmm. practice came, it was so competitive because we we went against Michael or played with Michael. And right. college life was so, so fun at the time because um, we were winning. We had a good team. Um, right. Right. Off the court was, I mean, just North, I didn't know anything about North Carolina, like I said, because I'm from right. Brooklyn. And that's when I got intro- introduced to us, to white people mm. and the culture and all the things that the South brought, like um, right. KKK, for example. They had signs in places like Goldsboro in North Carolina and Wilmington and places like Maxton, Carolina. These places I've never heard of before. So wait a minute, man. So how'd you deal with that? Like, so y'all would just be riding through and you see KKK signs? So, exactly. So, I mean, to them, it was the norm. Right. For me, it was like, yo. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Did you just see that sign? Right. That sign been up there for years. The home of the KKK. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. This is my introduction because I, I had a I had a um, I had a roommate after Worthy went left. I had I roomed up with this guy named Cecil Exum. Okay, his son plays for Utah. Or his son plays in the NBA. Okay. I think with Cleveland, uh, Dante. Okay, and, oh, no, Exum. Dante Exum. Okay, right. So I went home with him, and he lived in Goldsboro. This place called Goldsboro, North Carolina. <laughs> and I'm driving. Uh, he's driving. I'm shotgunning and everything. And the next thing I know. I'm like, yo, did you see that sign? Like, we going, we going into, we not, we not going the opposite way. So he was like, man, that sign been there for years. So now that's the culture of North Carolina because I did not know anything about North Carolina. And as time went on, you right. can see the the separation. Sometimes it's st- it was still there because they had a guy in politics called Je- named Jesse Helms. And okay, he's probably young. You too young for that. But he was definitely a, a white supremacist, and people followed his just like today. They followed his his every move, and he is the he was the prime guy that started all that stuff in the South. So right. that's how I got fluent with the culture. But outside right. of inside, of, I didn't really see it because we were all always on campus. And Coach Smith had a philosophy to, you know, take care of your business and didn't have much of a life because Carolina was so prone, so traditionally known as a basketball, you know, uh, school program. So, I mean, I got acclimated and I I found out a lot about myself and other other cultures and diversity and things of that nature while I was there. Right. So, man, you talked a little bit about Dean Smith. What was it like playing under him? Um. Well, he was more like a mentor because okay. he treated all of us like he treated all of us like uh, like the first, the last guy. He treated just like the first guy. Okay. And we were sitting in his office, and he had time to talk to us for like thirty minutes or so. But he always wanted us to remember, you know, where we came from and right. get to know each other. Um, he had a thing where we would be on the road, like. Instead of rooming with your guy that you room with now, we room with different guys on the team. Nice. So, I, like for instance, I, I I remember rooming with a guy named Jeb Barlow, and he was from somewhere in Carolina. Okay. And but that that little time that we spent together, we kind of knew each other, got to know each other. He likes to, he. I mean, he was so country, but I was so New York <laughs> that that we. I mean, we really talk, we talk about what, we have reunions every 10 years or so. And I saw him maybe about eight years ago. And right. we actually 
remember that time we were in the um, finals, NCAA right. finals, that we talked about that time because of the fact that he didn't know nothing about me. And he and he actually was a, he lived right across the hall from me. Right. And we never reacted. And so that's the type of coach Coach Smith was because he was always wanting us to know each other personally on a personal level and, right. and create that bond. So when we played together, it was just more natural and we knew each other even on a more intimate um, setting. Right. right. But he so, was a father to everybody. He was a father to everybody for sure. But he didn't really have fa- – he probably has favorites, but he, he never told us. Yeah. I always heard good things about, about Dean Smith. That's why I was wondering. I'm like, what was your take on it? But so um, you get drafted to the Mavericks. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me what that was like. Did you know that you know you was going to get drafted? Um, you know, was you was was a was a lot of people on your radar? Was you pretty high up? What was that like when you got when you worked out for those teams that got drafted? Okay, so um, teams came and visit you at the time, so okay. they wanted to know who you who you were. I, I'm not sure if they do that now, but right. I guess more scouting more so than actually come visit you. So I had teams that came out to visit me, and one of the teams was Dallas Mavericks, as you mentioned. And they came out and sat down and had lunch with me because they were thinking about it was going to be me or they thought I was going to fall into that fourth slot. Right. And it was me or this brother named Melvin Turpin who went to uh, Kentucky. Okay. And he he passed away. But the thing is, is that, that that draft was uh, consisted of Elijahwan, Bowie, Michael, myself, Charles Barkley, and so on and so on. Right. But at that time, Michael and I had made the uh, we were uh, uh, trying out for the Olympic team. Okay. So we left school for a minute to try out and go to Bloomington, Indiana, with Bobby Knight, and right. they had like seventy-five guys there, people that we we heard of, but we never played against. And Chuck Person was there, Steve Alford, right. Barkley, as I mentioned, uh, Antoine Carr, some of these guys you may be familiar with. But right. we were there at the time. And when we made the final cut, we actually made the team. And all 12 of us, those who were seniors, um, he didn't let us go to the, to the to the draft because he didn't care about no draft. He cared about practice. Right. We didn't so the draft went on and we were in practice so after practice we had to find you found out, out that you got drafted yeah we yeah we didn't know so we had to go to a radio station right we had to go to a radio station and find out where we went right and so when we got into the in the radio station there's guys like alvin robinson michael myself right some other guys. and we found out that he went to Chicago or I went to Dallas because you remember, I don't know if you remember, but there's no footage on us going across right. the state. Right. No, except for maybe Elijah Wan and Bowie or somebody like that. Right. But there's no footage of any of us. You can find, you can try to find it if you want, but there's none of us shaking the hands right. of the commissioner. So at the time we, we didn't know. And that's, but being drafted by them was, uh, I didn't, I didn't care because as long as I was drafted. Right, as long as you got in, absolutely. Yeah, and fourth pick, you know, I was like, I'm good, I'm great, I'm good, right. I'm good. So it was yeah. a, it was interesting, but at the same time, that's how, that's 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 why I migrated to Texas because because of the fact that that's where the first day, you know, first time in Texas uh, came about. Right, right. So after you get drafted, man, uh, you do four years with Dallas. Then you go yeah. to the Showtime Lakers, man, and this is when Michael start tearing it up, man. What was that like? Um, I know you guys played them in the finals, right? Yes. Yeah, so I came, I came to Dallas, and uh, I was a free agent. Okay. And Dallas, Dallas didn't want to sign me back, and uh, free, uh, free agency uh, contracts started coming in. Uh, uh, started uh, everything started changing. Okay. Uh, right. Uh, Contracts, so that would have been I would have been probably the highest paid player at the time on the team, and that mm. would that didn't fit right with all the other players in the in, right. in the front office. So they didn't want to mess anything up, so they they didn't, they let me go. So I went to to L.A., and that's where everything started. And okay. 
I was watching The Last Dance. I, I didn't realize when me and Michael met, uh, when the Lakers met them, Chicago, I didn't know it was his first time. I didn't know it was my first time. It just, right, it just right. it didn't, I wasn't even thinking about that. Right. But the point is that Michael went through changes and you got to thank Detroit for his his uh, progress. Big time. Because, yeah, because they beat him up and he was determined. And I never saw, I mean, I've played with Magic and Reggie and a few other guys. Right. But I've never seen a guy with a demeanor that was after, like, he wanted to kill people. Right. You know, right. Right then and there. He studied the guy. And some guy, if the guy got the best of him, he'd come back and make sure he got the best of him. You know, he right. had the last the last word in a sense. So playing against him, I mean, we we saw each other, but we, you know, during a game, it's not like, you know, we saying high five, how's the family? Right. Or like right. It's only like, you know, we going head to head, you know, whatever. I didn't care what he was doing. He didn't care what I was doing because I represented the Lakers. And Lakers were, everybody didn't like the Lakers at the time. But right. um, those two teams were two powerhouses in front of East and West. When we met, um, I thought I, that was my first chance. I thought that was my first real chance to winning a, a title. But because right. he went through all that, all those wars with um, Detroit and the East Eastern Conference, this just made him a better player, and uh, right. and it showed. It showed, you know. Right. So, man, watching the last dance, which I take it for sure you watched it. Um, yeah. What was what are your what are your takeaways from that man? Was there anything in there that was just kind of surprising to you? Um, you know, what was your takeaway from it? Well, I don't know if anything was surprising, but okay. um, like I said, like I just mentioned, excuse me, his his demeanor, his determination of just trying to get everybody better. Uh, right. I've seen guys that do that. Like when I when I went from Dallas to to LA, Magic was the same way. Okay, you had to be, you had to be ready for the you know because Magic played at a different level, right? And, and Harry Bird and all these guys played at a different level. You had to be in sync or in tune with them because right. if you weren't, you're gonna be sitting down just like right. as you saw Michael hit people and smack people around or you know, <laughs> you know like Scott Burrell. I feel sorry for him right now. <laughs> he was on Scotty's head, <laughs> but the point, but. It was never like that, but it was constructive. If if I was messing up or if Reggie said hit that shot or something like that, he passed it to he expect me to do it. So right. that's the kind of thing that I was kind of more even more surprised at how he got because he wasn't like this at North Carolina. Right. You know, we he spoke softly there because we were following a philosophy. But when we got right. to, when he got to Chicago, it, it's almost like you can do anything. Like if you if you scored a hundred a thousand on the SAT test. Nobody can tell you anything. Right. And that's how it was with Michael. You know, he, he can do anything because he can, he, he, he was on a whole different platform. So, right. um, it was, it was, it, it was, uh, I mean, it, the, the last dance did not surprise me. There were some stories in there that you knew about, you know, about right. Scotty and right. Krause, but you didn't know about the, the little things like Steve Kerr, you hear about him, but right. you didn't believe him. Right. And the, the gambling and competitive, that's that's just everybody does that. So right. Right. they play poker from from time they go up to the air to the time they, they land in, a, in, a, in another city. So. Right. But the really the takeaway from that was for me was for my 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 daughters to finally see who he was. Because right. a lot of a lot of young kids think he's just a crying meme, you know, like right. he's, he's just a, <laughs> he's just a face with tears. Right. But the younger ones found out who he was and they and there's always that battle about who's better, LeBron or Michael. And right. and I've seen I've seen both of them play and I've I killed the killed the conversation. I said this man is better than hands down. So with that said, um the takeaway for me was like I said, his demeanor and the way he approached each game and how he had to be like on lit every time he went out there, but right, but he had to get his people or his teammates and on the same mental um, position to 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 play to to compete, and right. he just needed one or two. He just needed one or two, 
right. and he can do the rest. And once every he got the one and two, the three and fours, and everybody else followed. Right, right. I, th- I think people just, I think people forget. You know what I mean? It's like I, I still live here in Indiana, and people talk about Reggie, right? And they're like, right. you know, um, Paul George is the best player to come through. And I'm like, man, y'all forget. Like, it's, it's because it was it was some time ago. Like Reggie was unbelievable. Same thing with Mike. Mike was unbelievable, hey. man. I mean, they they found a way to get it done. Right. I didn't play with Michael in the uh, in the in the, in, the, in the NBA, but okay. playing with Reggie was probably if you put a if you put a documentary for Reggie, it'll be the same thing. Or right. In, a, in his own in his own story, but Reggie was one of those guys that when I came to Indiana, you had to do the same thing. Right. Because you had because he competed. As soon as that ball went off, jumped off a high level. Already, he yeah, he was on a whole different level. And the thing about it, he was almost like he took little pieces from Kobe, people from Bird. I mean, he watched them. Right. And and the thing is, he was there early. Right. And a lot of guys and players today, they don't some some emulate that, but they don't really have the the definition of right. being committed. You know. So with that said. Uh, he was committed, and yeah. I don't understand why this man wasn't the face of the NBA. But yet and still, he was the guy that you know you had to prepare to 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 be with him in his battles. We go to right. Philly, we go to Milwaukee, we go to Chicago, right. especially in New York. He gets so hype. He, I guess, he marked like Larry Bird said something to me one time, and I was in his office, and he said that. All those other games were warm-ups to him. And <laughs> so when he played us, it was like a warm-up game, like a practice. Right. Only game he cared, only game he cared about was the Lakers because right. he knew that was his that was the, the test. So with right. Reggie, I think New York was his testament because right. he just wanted to compete so bad on that level to beat them because he knew he was going to war. He he treated every game. And I don't know if this is true or not, but the thing is, is that the, from way I see it from the outside, Reggie was the ultimate consummate player that right. that just just determined to win, like Kobe. He right. had some facets of Kobe. He didn't have the athleticism, but he right. still did it in his own way. And he would shoot that ball like it was like it was going to go in before he left it. You know, so right. Right. he had moments just like. Um, Jordan and Bird and Magic and I really think that you know I you know I'm glad I played got a chance to play with him because he was another guy that I really enjoyed um being on the side. Right. So man, tell me how you got the name Big Smooth. I remember I remember the first time I met you before I even had a conversation. <laughs> I'm running over like Big Smooth, you know what I mean? And I didn't even know what it meant, but it was so cool. You were so cool. How you get the Big Smooth, man? Who gave you that nickname? You was a fool because you called me Big Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was crying. I said, this young cat, man. But um, <laughs> so I don't know really how I got it, but we have a clown. We got a clown. There's a clown on every team. Absolutely. Like your brother was probably the clown on, on the Indiana Pacers. Right. Him and his guy, Jonathan Bender. So, um, and, and and to that point, I was with the Lakers at the time. Okay. And I was always practice was always nine forty five. You get to the circle, you, you know, you enter that circle nine forty six. They find me. So sometimes I was always pushing the button, pushing it too close. And right. I get to the arena. We practice at the forum at the time, and <laughs> I get dressed, and I'm 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 kind of steady and kind of at a pace to get dressed and get out there guys are guys are rolling past me rushing and everything and putting on a lacing up and putting on a practice shirt and right. i'm still on my shoes and he's like right. man you better hurry up before you get fine so i didn't right. worry about it because i looked at the clock and i said i got three minutes or something like right. that right. so <laughs> with that said i'm walking to i'm walking into the forum mm-hmm. and i'm getting to the i'm getting to i probably got maybe 45 seconds and I'm walking and everybody's running past me wind blowing by me like whoosh, you know like whatever right. <laughs> and Byron Scott is waiting there he's getting to the to the circle he's already in the circle rather 
and he he comes in. Look at this. Look at this man. This man walking all smooth and like <laughs> not a worry, in the, not a worry in the world, right? Right. Next thing you know, I get to the, I get there and practice is called, and I get there. I said, I'm still on time. So he gave me that name, Smooth. And when I got to the, because uh, he was naming everybody, Magic was Magic, uh, Worthy was clever, um, AC, I don't know what he, they called him, Hat, because his head was big. I, I don't know. But at the same <laughs> right. time, right. he gave us the names. He gave us the names. And so when I got to um, Seattle, uh, there was an announcer by the name of Kevin Calabro, and he had a voice that was just one of those voices for radio. I remember who he was. Yeah. Okay. So he started saying big smooth from three and all that. And when when, when the three started coming even more of a more uh, more a regular on a regular, that name just just went through the roof. And so every time I go somewhere, I, right. I don't even hear my name anymore. You know? I, mean, I, I, I wish it was big sexy, but it, you know, <laughs> they, 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 they knocked they knocked that down, but when I right. see you, I sound like, hey, this man going to come. I, I, I called you Big Sexy. That's what it was. Man. Yeah, I know. And I was like, please don't say that too loud. Right. <laughs> no, well, I man, it was so dope because, like, every time you catch the ball, you was like, you know what I mean? Your jumper was dope. So people be like, smooth. And, and when I first got to the game, I'm like, who is that? You know what I mean? They're like, Smooth. I'm like, what are they saying? So I'm listening, and it was like right. smooth. So we got to the end of the tunnel. I'm running like smooth. What up, big smooth? <laughs> so, so like, so like you said. So when they were set, so from a from a player standpoint, right? Uh, I'm like, I haven't even shot the ball, but right. they are saying that they saying that like I'm gonna make it. So you right. know, I gotta make it. You know, I gotta make it to, to make it even, you know, even more synonymous. Next thing I know, um, people, were, I thought they were booing me. I was like, first, people said, I thought they were booing you, but they're right. saying smooth. So I'm they're like, smooth. No, no, right. I don't think, I don't think they booing me. So right. it, 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 it kind of hung in, in, in Indiana, and um, right. it just, it just, it just kind of went around as I, as I time I went on and uh, that's how, that's how it came about. Right. Right. So man, what's the, what's the difference? Um, I mean, there's an obvious, I, I think there's an obvious difference in the NBA, but what's the difference in the, in the era and what you played, you know what I mean? With all those, with all those, um, you know, top guys, it, the NBA was tough. You was able to beat people up, all that good stuff. Like what is the, the big difference in the league now? versus um then and then like it's a, this is a two-part question um you know you, you talked about lebron people saying lebron is better than jordan um I, I i personally think within the era and and the question is is uh do you think that these guys would be able to perform in that era like what mike did and 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 um and magic and all those guys i just feel like you know era wise you know, y'all had to go through so much more. You know what I mean? It just seemed like seemed like the game is so much easier now. You know what I mean? I mean, really, you just got to kind of be able to shoot the ball and you could travel a little bit. But y'all y'all had it. I mean, when I watched y'all, I saw men. When I saw y'all come out that tunnel, I saw men. Right, 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 and now right. I'm not saying that they're not men. I'm just saying it's not the same. So, I mean, what, what what's your thoughts on that, man? The, 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 what, the, what the league looks like now? And do you think that some of these players could make it in the NBA back then? Well, to answer your first part, um, the game has changed a great deal. Uh, Absolutely. The game is much open, more more open, and um, more athleticism is is being, you know, tested. Um, right. Back then, you, you had athleticism too, but not up and down. You had right. more, phys more physical. Right. Um, you go back for a minute when I told you Michael had to learn to get through the, the bruises and to learn how to play the game or just right. how to win and achieve. Well, the games were so physical at that time. You right. know, there, there was no flagrant fouls called like there are now. There was no running back to tape. There was no uh, looking at replays and nothing like right. that. We just played straight up. And so you can put, put your hand on guys and, right. and be physical. Uh, the post was like, you know, you get beat up. But you right. expected you expected all of that, and 
Right. Not to I don't, not to say I don't like the game today, but times have changed. Right. And with with change comes a whole you know had new ideas. They got more you know better I guess um, players that are all more athletic can jump. Right. And that's where the game went to. Um, but right. you had parity. I believe you had more parity uh, with all the teams one through eight. Mm-hmm. You know, there was not a night that you can come in and blow somebody out. And if you did, right. it was because they were tired or their plane was late or somebody got in or the plane, you know, you didn't have time to practice. But right. today you have a lot of young, young guys because you notice these guys are coming out of high school or coming out of um, college for the first one year and done. Right, right. So you have mistakes. You're going to have a lot of mental errors. You're going to have like some games where they're not ready. Um, right. You got Zion Williams. You got guys like that who just plays one year and he has to adapt. A play right. opposed to us playing for four years or three right. years or four. You could, I mean, you're 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 already mentally, your body's already prepared for it. But right. today, right. today, you know, you have a guy named LeBron who came before all that, but did come out of high school. Right. But he 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 bettered himself. He learned how to play as well. And that's why you see that he has a success, not through the physicality stuff, but more mentally prepared because he wanted to be the best. And he had that, he got that same mindset because you had Michael before him, you had Kobe before him. So you had all these guys that he can learn from. Michael didn't have that. Right. And he had, you know, he didn't, he never really said who his hero was, but um, the thing is Michael, I mean, uh, LeBron had to, Learn the game as well, and when he did it, all you see all these guys coming through that were so young that he just overtakes them. You know, right. you, he's playing small forward, and he's actually playing against a smaller person. Right. So somebody, right. some people give him the knock, saying like, "Oh, these guys are young, and that's how you score and things of that nature." There's nobody mm-hmm. physical than him right now. Right. And to your other point, he could have played back then, but he would have had to learn how to play, like yeah. just like my. And all of us, you know, I had to learn how to, after after 30 games, you hit a wall because right. you didn't play no more than 35 games in, in college. So imagine these guys hit a wall and day in back to back, or sometimes we had to play three games in a row when we, when we sat out, lockout. But right. he had to do that too. And he, it was more physical. And the thing is, is that, when he when LeBron plays, he plays exceptional, and right. he gets on teams. Now you notice he couldn't do it by himself because everywhere he went, he always had a, a robber. Right, somebody. Yeah, right. Dwayne, yeah, Dwayne Wade. He went to crew crew Kevin Love at the time when he was doing going through his prime. Right. He had Bob. Then he come he comes to the Lakers, and you notice that they went from right. eighth David. place to the first place. Right, David. You know, so LeBron had to, has to do it. And that's why I give the edge to Michael because right. Michael, he just needed one guy and he stayed at one team. And um, I don't know if, I, I, you know, I don't know all that, but I just, to me personally, I like, I like both players, but I, I just think that the, the two errors are so different that you can't right. even really compare them. But I really believe uh, Kobe and, and LeBron could play in that era where when we played. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that those guys can adapt. Um, I just look at it, you know, they, they talk about greatest of all time. And you and I hear this stuff until you blew in the face. Oh, yeah. LeBron's not one of the greatest of all time. I think that there are a group of greatest of all times, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, you know, because I, I I didn't see Will Chamberlain, I didn't see the big O. Um not. I, yeah, I I but I just feel like uh Jordan is on the top of the list because of, you know what I mean? How, how well he, um, he made players around him. And then, you know what I mean? He, he, he always demanded the big shots. He always wanted it. You know what I mean? Whereas with LeBron, I don't see that Kobe. I I saw that, but Kobe shot the ball a lot. You know what I mean? And I I respect Kobe, not, you know, I think Kobe's like second in line. Um, Last question. Last question I'm going to ask you is, I mean, a lot of people always what what don't people know about the NBA? Like I talk to some people sometime and they flat out say some outlandish stuff that is ridiculous. It's like, well, LeBron's a bum and he's this. And I'm like, 
you just miss you don't like him you know what i mean or jordan was this that and the other and jordan you know they always find some flaws you went through being in the nba for 11 seasons you played with some of the best players in the world what don't people really understand about the nba and these guys that are out there let me tell you they don't see well, the, the, the one that's misconstrued that I always get all the time, mm-hmm. the, playoffs are, the playoffs are rigged. They always say the playoffs are rigged. They, they want L.A. to get there. They want they want the two L.A. teams to get there this year. Let's say this right. that's the hypothetically. The stigma. That, yeah, the stigma is the two L.A. teams, they, they, don't, they don't care about anybody else. The Lakers going to get there because LeBron oh or – uh, somebody, uh, uh, Giannis is going to the LA. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 just or Golden State or something right. like that. But right. the, they did that with the Golden State at the time. Like they just wanted them to win. But more so, more so, real is these. We practice when when we're not seen off 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 on on TV or off right. a season. Right. Guys train. Guys really do train. Um, I I remember, and I don't know if it's like that today. I know guys have trainers now. It's more, much more lucrative. They can, they have meals right ready for them. You know, we didn't have that, but we train and they don't do this anymore because of collective bargaining, but because, and and cause of injury or whatever, low, low maintenance. Now something crazy like that. Right. Low management. Yeah. Management. Yeah. Something like that. Those terms never even phased and came into our own existence because we had to make the team. And if we and if I sat out for five games with an injury, there's somebody hungry. Somebody gonna get your spot, right? Somebody gonna get my spot. That's not right. like today. So we train. I remember practice. We train three and a half hours twice a day. Mm. And I, I I don't know how I made it because right. as I came out of college. And I had shin splints, mm. and you you don't want to get shin splints. And right. I, I had to practice through all that time. Did not say a word, but I iced down like crazy. And right. I got to my crib, and I couldn't even walk. But mm. I was out there the next day because I was a rookie. I came in late. I, I right. mean, held held out, and so right. I didn't say nothing. But you, but that's the thing that that makes you better. And that's the thing that people don't see that you go through a lot of things. Like LeBron said, he was hurt and he still played, you know what I'm saying? So some guys sacrifice, some guys cut their hand and put a bandaid on it and they sit out for two weeks. Right. The thing is, is that the things off season, um, the preparation, all the things that you sacrifice, you know, not seeing your, your daughters or your family, uh, because you got to go some. I had many arguments <laughs> because right. I had to go work out. I had to go do this. I had to go to mentoring sessions. I had to go to an uh, intern. Just programs that so many things that to, just to make make you a better person, better player. And right. so, with all that said, it, it it's, it's it's so much sacrifice that you have to to be at uh, to to stay at that level. And right. when you do that, even in my later years with um, with Indiana, mm. um, I came off the bench, but I had to be ready. So I, I couldn't like just go forth for right, right. Hope my whole day. I had to take time after after practice, before practice, while Al came in there and did his thing, and you know everybody did their thing on a natural. They were just being introduced. Right. I had to sustain some type of consistency, and that's what right. I, all I wanted to do everywhere I went. So. I think right. more it's more of a, a sacrifice thing where people don't see and they think it's lucrative because we're making a lot of money. These kids are making a lot of money. But at the same time, they're doing it so easy now because of the fact they have things in front of them that that they that I didn't have. So you got a you got a weight trainer, you got a dietitian, and then right. you got somebody to massage you all at all and said it all in one place. And right. it and it's and it's a little different. So uh, what people don't see is the sacrifice and and all the things that come with it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I really don't think people understand. You know, I, even even what you're saying. It. You know, I watch I watch Al in the summertime. I mean, take a week off, man. And I mean, he worked his butt off. 
You know what I mean? Right. And same, and same with y'all. You know, every time I come, I walk in the facility, y'all in there, you in there getting shots up. And it's like, man, this dude's one of the best shooters out here. What you shooting for? You know what I mean? Yeah. But hey, people man, don't get Bird. that. Right, Larry Bird. So I tell you, I, I don't mean to uh, to talk so long, but now you good. Um, I was down there with the big guys, and okay. uh, so you have to do your do your uh, inside moves and so many shots up. So I was about to walk off the court, and Larry Bird said, "Come down here and get your shots up." And I was like, "What? I already been there for now, like 30, 40 minutes over. Right. So I right. had to stay another fifteen minutes to get two hundred shots up." And he right. said, "All you got to do is just make one for the game in the game, and you make a big difference." So as right. many as 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 those two hundred fifty shots went up, he just told me I already all, all I had to do was make one to be make a difference, and right. he was right because that's the mentality that he said. Like you can shoot, you, you're not going to shoot two hundred fifty shots in a game, right? But the, the one is going to make the difference. So every time right. he called me off the bench, that's what I always remembered. That you know, so you had to sustain that consistency and that mentality all the time. And there was days I didn't want to go through go both both uh, sides of the court but it helped me you know prolong right. my career and stay stay firm and stay fresh and and I don't know if they they do that today I can't say I can't say they don't but I know yeah. these guys do work and that's the things that people don't see because you right. have to maintain especially the great ones like right. Davis and uh Wade even Wade you know he has a remarkable uh tenure in the league but also LeBron, I know these guys have to be on their on their um, top all the time, taking their taking care of their body and all that stuff. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. That's, that's the thing. People don't, you know, LeBron puts a lot into what he does, and you know, I think people are gonna miss him when he's gone. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. I think so because I don't know if these guys in the next tier are ready. You know, like, right? I, I like this. I like I like I like uh, Stephen Curry. I like Draymond. I like all of them, the way they just play. I mean, everybody right. has the, the knack about Draymond and whoever and this. But right. Trey Trey Young has to learn how to play the game now. You know, he's he's a he's an entertainer now for the right. NBA. He, right. He shoots the shots. But now he has to learn how to play when right. the game is on the line. If he ever wants to be, you know, considered a one of the greats, a champion and all that stuff. Shooting from half court. I mean, go ahead, do what you can. Do <laughs> my best to you, right? But when when you get somebody who is tenacious, like a like a Patrick Beverly, if you right. got six guys like that in the in the league that you got to see every night or every other night or every two weeks, your game is going to change. And if they right. ever bring back defense, if they ever get defense back into the game, uh, those those shots are not those shots are not going to come ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, for me, for me, it's kind of hard to watch some of it, you know, when they score 120 points in the game and, and it's really, you know, they're not really playing. Like I, I like to play off basketball. I like when, right. you know what I mean? It, it gets, it kind of get personal for them. Like right. for y'all, it was personal all the time. I mean, y'all might have fights in practice, whereas these guys is like, they patting on the butt and they, they, Hey, let's go golf after this. Like, you know, look, dude, you know, that's, I, I like it back in the day. That was, that was the best time for the NBA for me. And like I said, I mean, I still watch it now, but I don't watch it as much. Before, I, right. I'd be just flipping to every channel to see who's playing. You know what I mean? I'm on the dish now. I'm like, okay, well, LeBron playing Giannis. Okay, I might want to check that out. And then right. I, might only, I may only catch the second half. You know what I mean? So it's just – it is what it is. But it's a, like you said, it's a different game, man. It's a different game, different it time. Is. You know, the, the, and, the and, and money and money's playing a lot has a lot to do with that well that's what i'm saying so with this virus coming on this ep ep pandemic uh mm -hmm. th they're trying to get back to salvage whatever they can you know right, uh, right. you notice the ncaa's had a they they really didn't want to cancel march madness right because billions of dollars were coming in and they i don't know if they knew how to function about who's losing a billion dollars you know right you know through sports but um money is a factor and hopefully the nba will get back on track but right. and salvage this but you know the game like i said and you said the game has changed to the point where it's not so much about okay who wins you know stuff like that it's more about right. the business 
side of it. It's, it's become a, so much more of a business that right. they sustain that. The things that happened in China, you know, that was a business thing where right. the NBA and now China is not talking as much. But the thing is, that was more business. I was right there in it. And you can mm. see the the background of everybody trying to figure out what, what to do next. And so right. with this pandemic, it's the same thing. And and hopefully that um, everything get worked out and whatever strategy they got coming with Disney World and the playoffs. The playoff format is totally different now. Right. So you can you can play East and West. It's no so actually Clippers and LA can actually play each other right. in the um, in the finals. Right. Hey, that'd be different. Um, yeah. You know, that's, that sound like March Madness to me. I mean, it might be interesting. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that, that's that's what it looked like. I saw the bracket. I saw the brackets, and that looks just like they place people in the east, west, north, and south. You know, something right. like that. So, right. And you got sixteen playing. And, and that's different. So we'll see what happens. But Shaq said it's going to be an asterisk on it no matter who wins, you know. Well, so. yeah. Yeah, that's another that's another story somewhere else, man. I, yeah. You know, we could do a whole other podcast on that. But, hey, man, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, one of my favorite – one of my favorites all time, Big Smooth. Um, like I said, man, I you know, good friend. And, you know, I, I just want to thank you for coming on, man. Thank you for your, hey. for your input and telling your story. And I'm glad you asked me. I mean, because I've seen you when you were young, 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 and now you're here. We go. You're a, big, you're a big man. I mean, I think I could. I should call you big sexy. Big too se- <laughs> no, too se- I should call you too sexy because cut it out. out there sitting there with the muscles on and you know just just just, just feeling all you killing and killing and killing and killing. Man, stop, man. Stop. So anyway, no. But I've seen I've seen this young man grow up. And I'm so proud of him and his family and Al and all that, his brothers. Um, they they he just he just took it to another level. He became responsible, young man. And and, right. and that's what I like. So you had mentors and Al was a, I guess a big mentor to you and your family and stuff, especially your mom. So I know you all in some kind of way, and I, I appreciate you uh having me on. Well, I appreciate you coming on, brother. So Sam Perkins. Stay in touch. All right.